Hello and you're very welcome to this belated version of the Mead Chronicle Sports Podcast Talk A Good Game. Coming to you later this week because quite literally myself and my colleague Jimmy Gagan were up to our proverbials in work this week. Correct and right, Jimmy? Well, one of us was, let's say. Alright, okay. Right. Were you not as well, no? It was a seriously busy week, Jimmy, and in terms of what what went on last weekend and then what we're doing this week. Uh, Of course, a busy weekend on a lot of fronts last weekend. The pride of place going to the Navin rugby players, which we'll come to now in a minute. But uh, as I said, we're a little bit late in getting the podcast out this week, simply because... well. We have previews to uh, to try and get ready for next week's paper for Mead against Offaly in the Leinster Football Championship and Mead against London in the Christie Ring Hurling Championship as well. So we've been busy getting out and about there um, with a couple of other hats on me as well. I'm managing the Mead ladies minor team. Uh, so we're playing Kildare on Monday in the Leinster final. I had to go to a media launch for that one of the nights as well. And we had to go to a media launch night in Partholgen last night with the Mead footballers as well. So, And uh, also want to give a mention to the Trim Darkness into Light walk, which is on Saturday morning at 4.15am. So Friday night, up early, Saturday morning, 4.15am on the 11th of May. For uh, I'm also a part of that organising committee for the Trim Darkness into Light walk. So... As I said, Jimmy, quite a busy week. What what have you been up to? Very busy week, uh, Fargo. Well, I mean, we have to the highlight, I suppose, for a lot of people, a lot of people who follow rugby, especially in this in this county, a fair county of ours, uh, was the achievement of Navin uh, gaining promotion to Division One B of the AIL, yeah, we're, the we're, Ireland League. Um, just before we even go on on about that, Jimmy, we're we're really turning into. I know when Mead football was in the doldrums there for a couple of years, and hopefully it's on the way back up and when Mead won the Christie Ring Cup we were saying oh Mead's a hurling county now but we're quickly becoming a rugby county very much so as well when you see Ashburn have won three All-Ireland Junior Cups in a row North Mead have won their J3 League they also won the the McGee Cup Cup at the weekend but to cap all that as you said what a week what a, a few years it's been for Navin Rugby Club I was only going through the archives today and looking back at uh 10 years ago trying to find stuff about the Mead football team and 10 years ago, uh, Navin won the, the Leinster Junior League and qualified through the All-Ireland Round Robin for, for the All-Ireland League. So in 10 short years, they've gone from Division 3 into effectively Division 1 now, the All-Ireland League. Yeah, it hasn't been plain sailing for them uh, during those 10 years, Fargo, because uh, I remember one year, the, the battle against relegation, they almost got relegated back down to junior ranks, or at least to a playoff, and... Uh, so it's been it's been anything but uh, plain sailing for them all the way through. But in recent seasons, they've really got their act together. Toward uh, toward successive promotion, they achieved last Saturday, and what a day it was to be in Ballery's Gold. Uh, a, a big crowd, relatively big crowd, anyway. You know, speaking, uh, you know, Ballery's Gold was rocking and rolling. What was there? Three, four hundred people. Yeah, about four hundred people. I'd say perhaps five. You know, it's something like that. Uh, you know, so they get about maybe three hundred for home matches. So um, it was certainly well above the uh, the norm for home games, and they, they saw a match against Queen's University, and and Navin, you know, ran out winners, comfortable winners, you know, and uh, it's it, it's a huge promotion. Yeah, and you made reference there to the fact that uh, Navin are doing so well. Perhaps this is a, a warning too, if you like to put it like that, if that's the right word to the GAA and and so on, that they cannot be complacent. 
uh, about young players and I, I mean I was talking to a, a certain I won't name him but uh, he was a, he's a manager of a club, a senior club, senior team in this county last night. GA, and he, yeah, GA, and he he was he was quite. Um, will I start guessing? If, no, if I get the name no, right, we, we won't. No, no, I won't. I won't <laughs> <laughs> reveal any names. But he he might not want want this to be known. But uh, he is certainly passionate about the fact that there's no championship matches now until next August. In fact, he was quite annoyed about it and irate about it. Uh, no championship matches till next August. Uh, and this is an issue that's that's it's a burning issue, and it's something. I mean, his point, and it's a very it was a very well made point. Like, what competition, what sport, uh, do we find where the competition starts and it doesn't continue? Where there's this massive break. I know in in say Scottish football they have the, a short winter break, but I mean the weather is is terrible over there in the winter. Yeah. So maybe that's one reason. But it, they have these long breaks. Uh, he's trying to keep his players. He's talking about some of the young players going to America. He's trying to keep his team together. It's a big issue for him, and uh, um, you know. Uh, it, it's it's something that the GA will have to look at because I know it's been ongoing. They're trying to get this this uh, a solution to this problem of the inter county again. But his point was that inter county managers have got far too much power, and I have to say that uh, I would agree to him with him on that well, because they are dictating when clubs are playing, when they should play. Well, then as a kind of a, a segue back to what we were talking about. Um, yeah, well, I was going to go in back terms to that of bit. in terms of Nav and rugby. The All-Ireland League, the All-Ireland Club League in rugby isn't what it used to be either because the the provincial game has taken over the rugby scene really in Ireland. So all the big money and the big players are now tied down to provincial contracts. Is that something that you could end up seeing happening in the GA similar while we were talking about rugby where, you know, clubs will just go ahead and players will become, end up becoming centrally contracted to their to their county no, board. No, I can never see that happen. Fred. Not in your lifetime, no, Jimmy, I, I, or maybe not in mine. Well, but uh, I, I, I can't. That's not, that mightn't be in the too distant yeah, future. No, but. I don't think the money is there really because uh, you know the mo- in it, the it, GA. Yeah. Jesus, is there not more money in the not GA? Not to start paying than players. there is in rugby. In this no, country? because I mean the the international the money for rugby that's paying these Leinster players to play it's it's drawn in from the Irish team the, okay. the, that they generate over in an international competition and we just don't have that in the GA we have compromised rules but that's never going to be uh, to that same level as Six Nations or whatever so that's where the money has been drawn in by the IRFU uh, in the, no, the, the GA I think have got a, a big issue in the terms of they're losing players because of this uh, huge long break uh, they're also losing players to the fact that a lot of young players are attracted by the possibility that they could become the next Devon Toner or the next Ro- Rob Carney. They could work, join their local club, play well, be spotted, get into the Leinster Academy. And the prospect of that, I think, is attracting an awful lot of players to uh, it's clubs a like that. very Navin. minority, though, the, well, the, the I, opportunity... <laughs> To jump onto that level is a very small. Yes, I window. know, but young players dream, and a lot of young players. Yeah, but those uh, dreams will end pretty quickly well, if they decide just. Yeah, but I think I'll try my hand at this. Hope so. All of a sudden. Yeah, but by that stage, I've already chosen rugby. Yeah. They're already on that track, and uh, I think that's something you know that they, it's it's a threat to the. But uh, you know, I know we were moving away here from. Yeah, and absolutely, and, and I've, heard, I've heard another. I saw another manager, a GA manager. I can't, and I, I'm not holding back his name. I just simply can't remember who it was saying that when the fixtures for the league came out, you know, near enough, they played around the championship over 
last weekend and then had a round of league in midweek. And they were saying this is great. That, okay, we haven't got our inter-county players, but we can crack on and we're going to be playing league football, which the league in Mead has improved as much as the league, the National League and the GA has improved over the last few years. The A-leagues have improved, again, because you have teams playing of a similar standard against each other, which isn't always the case in the championship. But you have teams playing against each other at a similar level. So the leagues are good. So, so to say that, oh, the championship is over and that's it, we have no football now for the next three months is a bit of a misleading comment because there is plenty of football in this two, three-month period, yeah, but um, including the knockout cup competitions the, and the latter rounds of the league. The, mm, yeah, I understand that. But the point that this manager was making, and I agree with him, is the fact that it's not good, at, you know, it's championship football. The young guys are geared towards all year and that's what that's where their focus is on, I think. But ultimately, the championship is, is five, what is it? It's five games in the group stage, a quarterfinal, semi. it's eight games of the year. If you're only gearing yourself towards to play eight games in the year, then it's not much of a it's not much of a draw, much of an attraction. There's thirteen games in the league. There's the possibility of six, seven games in a knockout competition. Oh, okay. There's also the possibility of one game in a knockout competition yeah. as well. But you know, there 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 is the possibility of, of thirteen and eight and, and another one or well, two. You, you know, you have, you have upwards of 23 games possibly in the season. But you have to remember some of these league matches are played in February, Fergal. They're, they're, they're being, yeah. They might have played five or six league matches before they, they played their first two rounds of the championship. Yeah, yeah. So the six games down or, you know, in league, they've played two in the championship. Then they don't have anything for three months. Well, they don't, so they no, have another not, six league games. But that's games. not true that they don't have anything. They've well, I know they don't have much, relatively speaking. You but know, they've, they've had eight games. So you've had eight games up to this stage of the year in terms of, we'd say, six league games and two, the two championship games. So you'll probably have, there's 13 games, I think, to be played in the league. I might be wrong on that. It could yeah, be 11. Well, well, let's say, but we we'll yeah. say, say 13 games to be played in the league. So but there's another it, seven or eight games there yeah, to be played in the league. Yeah, but that's stretched over three months, Fergal, of, of summer, of, of this finest weather. But that's the every, pitches, sec- but the that's every second are, week. Yeah, but the pitches are at their finest. Uh, but that's every second week yeah. and then you have to allow Hurland to come into play which of course hasn't started until yeah. after Mead are finished winning the Christie Ring Cup hopefully no. later on in the summer so Hurland has to be factored in as well I don't agree with the comment that there's nothing I understand no no I'm not saying there's nothing but uh, you know uh, what, what I think and what's going to happen next year is the championship is just going to start later in the year the championship won't well, start until August it is absolutely brainless in my opinion to be starting the the championship in April, playing two rounds of it, stopping it, going and playing another well, that's competition. that's my point, and that's and that this manager's point. Yeah, uh, well, I just thought the point you were making was that there was nothing in between. Oh, no, no, I, there is something, no, I know, but it's, no. it's, it's, it's... It's brainless playing a competition, stopping it, going and playing another competition, and then coming back no, and, that's play, right. and It doesn't happen in any other sport. Like, they don't start the, the Premier League in uh, you know in, in August September October and then M- stop might for be a bad example to use because well, the will for, for the World Cup in Qatar they're <laughs> well, going to start it and then they'll well, have to stop re- it truly, go off and play the World Cup and then come back yeah. you know but that's, but that's it. but listen again we, we're, we're getting off the topic here and we could probably argue the debate all about yeah, well, fixtures and you could argue it there is no solution I don't think there is a solution myself well, I think eventually you're going to go down that, that line of centrally contracted players I know you're saying there's not the money but I'm not saying that people are going to be earning 80 or 100 grand a year I think you're going to end up at, a, at some stage and not maybe not 10 years maybe not 20 years but at some stage you're going to end up where there's going to be 40 players centrally contracted to me GA 
they're going to be given a retainer of 10, 15, 20 grand a year and told your priority is to meet. Here's 20 grand a year. It's going to cost 800,000. But that's to, going to, to destroy the club game if that, of if course that ever will. happens. The same way as it's destroyed club rugby. Yeah, it has destroyed club, uh, club rugby. Uh, but um, sorry, but my, my, my solution would be to just play the games. If we play around a round of senior championship a week before Meader in a senior in, in the Leinster final against them, so be it. Yeah. If some of the players get injured, so be it. But at least we're respecting the club player. But that has to happen then across the board. So the well, Kerry County Board have to agree to do well, that. Well, no, each county ha- can can formulate their own. It can start in Mead. Each county can formulate their own. Maybe it's it's like that. Uh, well, I doubt it. No, but anywhere else in the country is it? You know, but yeah. it, it could I know Mayo have done it and yeah. Cork. Cork tend well, to do it. Play and around Kenny the and Hurling, and I think they do it. it. Yeah, you know, yeah. they just if 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 you know they play if you're on Ireland semi final and it's the it's the semi final of the club championship. But so be it if it's the week before and yeah. uh, let's go with it and 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 honour and respect the club player. Well, we'll give next year's new uh, new structures championships club structures in Mead. Give them a chance and see how it works and, and see how, if the yeah. players are happy How did that. we get into this, Fergus? We started off talking about NAV and yeah, rugby. Yeah, club you took off then about <laughs> talking to, uh, talking about your manager mate, uh, wherever he was from, and how he wasn't happy that, that rugby now is an opportunity to take players away from the GAA. Well, he's not, he's not just happy. It's not that he's unhappy. Oh, don't, well, we're not going I mean, back he, over he, it again. He's a, big, he's a big sportsman. He loves yeah, to see yeah. young boys. But it's just a fact that uh, he's unhappy about the fact that he's losing players to New York. Guys are going off to New York. So he's trying to keep, always happened. He's trying to keep keep a team together I think it's happening more often now Yeah, I think it, I think that's because it's easier for young fellas to go now well maybe but for you know if there's, I, I, his point and, my, and I agree with him is the fact that if they were playing championship uh, he, they would st- more of them would stay around that yeah. was just a point but anyway let's, La- let's, lads have always let's gone get back to, to Navin Nav- uh, yeah so Navin as we said beat Queens 34-19 to yeah. uh, their third promotion in a row is it it's a third promotion yes what absolutely what a performance like really I yeah, know I d- I'm, be, I'm probably belittling the club game a little bit in rugby, but that is a remarkable achievement. It's hard to understate and understate the, achie- the you know the achievement of Navin in recent years. It's down to um, a lot of factors, of course. One of them is the fact that they've put in so much effort in recent years on uh, an underage level. You go out there to Ballerie School on Saturday morning, you'll see so many underage teams playing, training. It's it's a sight to see, I can tell you. Um, and then you know the there was the vision of the people from many years ago to uh, buy all that land in Ballery's Gold and they've got enough pitches there that, you know, the, their their clubhouse is the admiration of, of many people. I know that myself because I've uh, attended one or two pre-match dinners there. Yes, and you have, I've yeah. I've invited all the big dinners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, that's been well noted and logged. <laughs> <laughs> as, as you've referred to a couple of times, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and um, well, yeah, it is. It's an amazing setup. And I remember going out to Navan Rugby Club um, when the old clubhouse was there and, and trying to watch games from it. On bitterly, it's a bit like Dungani. It's one of the coldest places on earth. Ballerys Gold, um, oh, well, and, and in the, the old in, there, and in the olden days when those when that. Uh, when when that little stand or that little clubhouse was there, geez, it used to be bitter. But it's a fine facility, and it really is a credit to them. Um, they'll have huge financial implications to the club with this promotion now. Operating now, Division One B is not going to be either easy or cheap. Yeah, well, I was talking to their their outgoing president uh, David Culvin, who, whose term ends at the end of May, uh, about that uh, this week, and um, you know, he was saying that. They're an amateur club and, you know, OK, there might be more ex- expenses in terms of 
getting a gym, uh, gym equip more gym equipment to ensure the play, more players are are, are fit in terms of it. broadening the squad in terms of bringing players up from underage. But I don't think that, and I hope not. I hope they don't go down the road of bringing players down from Dublin and maybe paying them. I don't think that, I, I I I don't think they're going to do that because because well, other clubs have done in the past, and it has. What has stood to Navin up to this has been their great underage setup. Yeah, I was just going to say that, but as well as that, they've produced some great players over the last few years that have gone to Dublin and are playing with, with the clubs up in Dublin. So hopefully now with Navin being an AIL Div- Division 1B team, they can attract those players back. Exactly, So you, yeah. so you get young fellas back, and we talk about the success. I was at, while you were uh, at the big game, the game against Queen's, the All-Ireland playoff, mm. I was below in Carlo at the uh, under-18 mm. Leinster Cup final, the Darcy Cup final between Navin and Nace. Um, now, Navin had, have at this level are the joint All-Ireland champions. Uh, they also won the Northeast Cup and they, I think they've won two cups and played a semi-final and another final in the space of less than two weeks. So they got well bet by Nace in this Leinster under-18 final. So, But they were exhausted. You could see them once they hit the 50-minute mark, the, just the legs tired in that game. But some of the talent on, on the players on both sides, Jamie Osborne for Nace actually is a name I, I advise people to keep an eye out for in the future. What a player. But some of the players for Navin as well, was a young Faulkner who was, uh, I think he was the hooker, um, who was an yeah. exceptional player. He, he was unreal. Um, but yeah, he, the, the, he was a yeah, captain. I think Gary I think. Faulkner. Yeah, he, he was, was brilliant. Captain. Jack Castles, Jordan Finney. Front row outstanding. And young Jake... Jake Timmons as well, who plays football for Rakenny, and one of those guys that your your manager friend might be worried about losing to the game. He uh, he's an outstanding out half, lovely control of the game, just really slowed it down when he had to, was able to pick up the pace and speed it up when he had to. But unfortunately, they ran out of steam that day. But not for the senior team. And I know after the game, you caught up with uh, Navin coach Ray Maloney. It's his first year been a, been a coach as well, and what a year it's first been year, yeah. after playing. So we'll just have a, a listen to what Ray had to say to your good self after that game in Ballery's Gold last Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> but a, a great victory today, anyway, Ray. You know, you had so, you had said that you want to keep the ball tight. Yeah. You know, keep it away from them. Yeah. That's yeah. what just trying to do, and it worked very well. It did well. I think they, they ended up trying to keep the ball away from us in the first half. I think they, were, they kind of shot themselves in the foot playing a lot of ball in their own 22 and not really getting much, much, much yardage out of it. I think we scored our first try off one of their hours. We got a penalty and we ended up scoring off it. So, yeah, listen, I'm very happy with the boys, the way we played. We, we kind of bullied them. Being scrums, very strong in the scrums. Yeah we, knew we'd have yeah, we knew we'd have them in the scrums. And no! as I say, it was the, the biggest thing was is defensively and just keeping, keeping our heads up. Yeah. Because we know they're a very good team and they hold the ball for like many phases. They're up in the 17 and 18 phases usually. So we knew we just had to stay on our feet. Maybe not contest as much on the ground and just let them play. We were bigger, stronger fellas. Just in terms of uh, you know what you've learned this year from you know coaching, it's been a huge leap for you this year, first senior year as coaching, first year of coaching. It is, yeah. What have I learned, so Jeannie Mac? Um, not to, not to try to do everything myself, pretty much, Jimmy. I think that was the biggest thing for me. You could come in and you'd be talking to fellas and you say you have to get this and you have to get that and you have to do this. I just it was more of a player led as I say I've said it before and it was just everybody collectively it wasn't just me making decisions so I think that was the biggest thing for me and you can see the way the team are playing giving responsibility to yeah to and like, like that I don't, I don't say a whole lot on the sidelines the boys just react to so if we go down get a score again as there's leaders there to just come out and talk and 
yeah. they know what to do. But that experience is hugely important oh, as well. Oh, massively. You've seen it out in the field there today, like of Brian and um, Owen King. Oh, <coughs> and a few of the lads, like all the older heads. And will this, will this be a highlight of the season and so on? Will you um, well, look back at other instances? Uh, well, listen, I think, the, I think the biggest one we had was maybe... I think the high field was probably the one up here because they were after giving us such a beating and the bullied us down there and then we just we fronted up to him and I think we outplayed him again. Obviously, I'm going to say this one because we're promoted now and yeah. it was the final, so you kind of have to say this one. But for me personally, I think for the boys to react like they did again, high field, that was that was for me. Yeah, yeah, from the spirit and the team, they yeah. really came out of that. Yeah, stage. like that. Like I think that was our first really <coughs> test as two way for the. Um, when we went down to Highfield and the boys weren't expecting the physicality it was the first time we met but how the boys reacted then was just phenomenal so yeah and in terms of you know other, other games like you know last week probably been lucky I mean lucky as well as hard graft and so on yeah and well like yeah I'd say, I'd say unlucky in the start of the game I think we had a try disallowed which you're not going to say too much about because maybe we wouldn't have scored in the last one but I think we outplayed Cashel if we had a losing I think would have been the, I wouldn't think the better team would have winning and it's not often I'd say that I think we just outplayed cash and I think we were the better team. Yeah. Some people might say we weren't, but I think we are. But in terms of yourself, Ray, will you, will you be here next year to, to lead them to Division 1B? <coughs> well, I'll have to talk to the higher-up yeah. lads there, yeah, but I'm hopefully going to stay on, yeah. <laughs> right, OK. Because they don't yeah. get rid of me. Yeah, but I mean, because then, you know, you'll be really faced against the top. Yeah, I'll be found out down, Jimmy, I will. I'm bluffing my way through now at the minute. Well, no, I mean, look, it's, it's been fantastic, like, yeah. you know. Um, Oh, this is first, as I say, your first season, so it's been really a learning curve for you as well as. Oh, 100%, you know, yeah, yeah, 100%. I think I learned more than the boys learned anyway. You're talking earlier about getting a group of players together and doing the best. Yeah. I mean, that's the secret, really, isn't it? Oh, it's the secret. And if anyone tells you any different, I think I'd like to meet them anyway, but it's all about everybody. It's not just one person at the top, it's about everybody. It's the big fellas doing the scrummaging, coaching, all the lads doing the war by all them fellas. Everyone yeah. plays their part in it. Great stuff. Okay, Ray, listen. Thank, you, right, very, thank you very much for that. Okay, Jimmy, so uh, obviously both yourself and Ray were quite happy there. There was uh, plenty of laughter and banter going on. Um, yeah. you, you, were, you know, it was a happy place to be in down in that tunnel and outside the dressing room at Navin after that game. It certainly was. You know, the, the, once uh, when they go into the dressing room after winning a game in, in Batteries of Gold, they, they start singing the club song and they give it... They, they give, give it, it gusto, don't they? They give it yeah. plenty there last week and uh, you could understand that. Ray, you know, he understand, he's a very interesting chap in terms of coaching, approach to coaching and he was saying that what he wanted to do was, you know, give responsibility to the players and, um, you know, for their own game, for the, for the way the team approaches different uh, issues and on the field of play and how to solve problems as they arise on the field of play. And uh, it's, it's certainly, you know, something that other coaches could learn from. I think, you know, he, he's, he's, he's learned from his predecessor. He worked with Alan Kingsley as well, yeah. who, of course, is uh, Newport Gwent Dragons now. So he's skills coach there. Yeah. 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 Look, it's going to be a, an interesting 12 months ahead coming up for the Mead rugby teams. Ashburn are mad keen to join to join Navin in the All-Ireland League ranks and they've been there or thereabouts knocking on the door last year. I think they won the league. This year the league didn't go as well, but they didn't get promoted because once you win the league, then you have to do it going around Playoffs, Robin process yeah. to, to try and get into the All-Ireland League. So Ashburn won the Leinster League last year, but... Uh, fell away a little bit this year but still went on and won the All-Ireland Junior Cup so they're hugely successful and the work that they're doing up there is amazing and brilliant facilities and yeah. North Mead as well are, are filling that uh, that rugby void at, at that, that end of the county as well and offering the sport to 
to players that are just keen to play it okay they mightn't be at the levels that Navin and Ashburn are reaching um, well, well, but, but they're performing and at the levels that they're at they're performing you know obviously better than the other teams in yeah, it well, with uh, North Mead uh, and Appoy well, just uh, uh, relating to our point that we were talking about earlier on Andy Tormey the former Mead player played with Ashburn this year Ashburn's second teams now I have to say and yeah. they, they won their provincial second so and yeah, but a- Andy played his role in that you know so but he wasn't involved in the latter end of it when the championship started when the yeah, club's GA's well, championship started he yeah, didn't play in, he didn't play in like the the second's cup final we'd say which Ashburn won as well as the All-Ireland Junior yeah, Cup well, so he didn't play in that and he, and he'd be probably looking to get the, his. He, I know he's had problems with injuries, and he'd be looking to get back to full fitness. I know he played for Dunmore Ashburn, of yeah. course, in the championship. So we uh, we we had a a mix of GA in there, GA talk in there with the rugby. We might just focus a little bit on the GA. Um, the the uh, Conor O'Donoghue's minors, Mead minor team started their campaign. Oh God, it's last Tuesday, Tuesday of last week. Um playing Dublin up in Parnell Park. Unfortunately, I know we've had two good years of at, at this level of beating Dublin uh, in the Leinster Championship. But mm. Dublin got in for a couple of goals in that game and beat Mead by 4-10 to 2-10. Neither of us were at that game. Um, Conal Collier was at it for the Mead Chronicle. And again, we have full report and pictures and the whole lot in this week's paper. I did see some of the scores on the social media channels. Uh, the TG Catter had some of the goals in it. I know Aaron Chinchilla from Simonstown Scored a brilliant goal for Mead, um, and David Bell as well scored a goal for them, and you know some nice footballers there in that Mead team. But they have a massive game now next Wednesday against Offaly in Partholchen. It's a must-win, must-win game for them. Uh, Connor, you know he's he's been involved. Of course, he was with uh, Dunboyne, um, you know, but he's involved in in GA. You know, he's with the junior junior team as well. He knows an awful lot of GA, and if you ever talk to Connor, he'd be one of the optimists in in the sense of feeling that they have a great mead the talent is there it just needs to be um, co- coordinated nurtured, yeah. and nurtured in the right way and um, you know he, he is uh, you know okay they lost to Dublin but I wouldn't be surprised now if they got back to on track uh, against Offaly yeah, now next yeah. next week it um, wasn't it wasn't such a good day for the the mead minor hurlers um, they were beaten 3-17 to 1-3 by Carlo down in Carlo IT on Saturday while I was down there uh, at the Navan under 18 rugby match I took in this match as well did okay in the first half played against the wind a couple of goals caught Mead out and they were 2-8 to 1-3 down at half time but then Mead turned around okay the wind died down and maybe changed instead of blowing straight down the field it started to blow a little bit more into the fine little stand that they have there in Carlo IT but Mead failed to score in the second half. And in any game of hurling, that's desperately disappointing to hear and doesn't bode well at all, does it? It certainly doesn't. Uh, you know, as I said, the, the, the senior teams now start next week against London. But uh, you'd be looking to, wow, yeah, not to score in the second half. Yeah, it didn't even uh, look like it really. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, uh, it's not good at that at all, you know. And uh, you'd be you're looking, looking you're, that's one of the problems, the things that have been, I mean, you look at Carlo at senior level, they're, they seem to be going from strength to strength. They're a smaller county than us. I remember playing teams, you know, not so long ago, Mead and Carlo, you'd be sort of pretty confident, uh, confident that yeah. Mead would win, even Mead against Dublin and so on. But, but these teams have gone to a different level. And uh, you wonder what's, what's gone wrong here? Why have we regressed? 
and teams like Carlo, Dub- like Dublin has gone to, uh, to the elite now. They're gone up to the elite in, in, uh, yeah. in Hurland. I don't 15, know. 20 years ago, Mead pretty confident of beating Dublin teams. I don't even know if it's a case that we've regressed. I think when you look at the resources that have been, like Carlo IT, what a facility that is down there. Now, I know you can't say facilities should equal success, but it's, it's bred success rather than leading to it. You know, the f- fine facilities, they're attracting more players out to play the game. They're getting more funding. Same up in Dublin. They're getting more funding. They've got more coaches involved. So instead of one man trying to preach to 30, which is what maybe we have at the minute in Mead, they've got uh, the ability in the likes of Carlo and Dublin where things are developing brilliantly to have maybe one guy take eight, well, nine players and, and work on their skills together. I don't, I don't agree with you there, Fergal, about the facilities because I was talking to a man from Mayo there. He was down a couple, uh, couple of weeks ago for the for the um, ladies' game there in Dungani. Mead played Mayo. And he was just uh, gobsmacked, shall we say, with the facilities available in Dungani. He was saying that Mayo don't have anything like this. Well, and that's, look, look that's what bullshit for a start. He's look, obviously never been in Ballyhonas. Look what they have <laughs> achieved. Look what they look what me or Mayo are achieving year in year yeah, out. They have a they have a they have a centre of excellence, the Connacht Centre of Excellence in Ballyhonas there, which is an amazing facility. And they're actually getting millions now to build an indoor dome which is going to be able to host indoor, full-size indoor pitches on that facility. So I, I think that guy from Mayon maybe needs to go a little bit further. Well, he was very impressed with Dungani as well. Yeah, 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 I mean, and, it, it and it's a very impressive uh, But as I facility. said, facil- facilities don't automatically lead to success. No, they don't. But, it, but it, it can bring in, when you've got the, the coaching resources that the other counties get, you know, as I said, one man working with 30 compared to one man working with seven or eight players and you can focus your skills and focus your attention on seven or eight young fellas and be able to work with them and you've got multiple coaches doing that rather than one guy trying to control 30 it's it's a huge big challenge yeah yeah well i was Uh, just so that's why they've progressed i think rather than mead having regressed well i was interested to read an interview with trevor giles there in the independent there last week he was at some launch uh, of some, uh, yeah, some event. Yeah, the big old boo at Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, he was talking about what he was asked, why do you think Mead have fallen back? And he was saying because there hasn't been uh, enough work, enough focus on, on youth development in, in recent years since, say, he stopped playing. To, yeah. You know, not, he, he wasn't just suggesting now because he stopped playing, but, but no. uh, we certainly could, could do with a Trevor Giles could. now. Absolutely. But, um, um, you know, but, but that was his his take on things, and you'd have to uh, respect that, you know, and sort of look at that. And yeah, well, I suppose the the green shoots are there um, in terms of the prospects for Mead football, and all roads now, all attention now is turning to Mead against Offaly in the first round of the Leinster Football Championship uh, Sunday week. Uh, last week, I was at the challenge match in Ardcat to open the new facilities there, Masterson Park, belonging to St Vincent's in Ardcat. Beautiful pitch, wonderful facilities to have there, and a real credit to them. Um, Mead were Mead weren't great, I suppose. If you're to be honest and look through the team, it's hard to see any of the fifteen that started starting the game against Offaly, but they still managed to get a two fourteen to two fourteen draw with Ross Common, which is a pretty strong Ross Common side um, coming down from Division One, of course. So they were they were a well seasoned outfit, but Mead were well down in that game. Came came from eight points down. And then in injury time, they went a point up. And then uh, the referee just let play continue just for long enough, ironically, for uh, Roscommon just to get an equalising point. But 
Just to remind listeners as well, we do still have two tickets to give away to Mead's game against Offaly, which of course is a double header along with the Mead Hurlers Christie Ring Cup game against London in Partholgen on the 12th of May. So if you want a chance to win that pair of tickets, just send your answers to the following question, which is who was Mead's last All-Star in football? So who was Mead's last All-Star? Send your answers to fergal.lynch at meadchronicle.ie or you can send them via private message on Twitter to at meadsports. So that's fergal.lynch at meadchronicle.ie or via Twitter at meadsports. PM us on that one as well. So um, another big weekend, while we say we're looking ahead to Mead and Offaly, which we will preview in a little bit more uh, depth next week on next week's podcast which hopefully we'll be back to our usual time of Tuesday but uh, we'll look forward to those games then um, I'll have to get in but a sub you, I'll have to get in a sub for that Jimmy I don't think you're around on Tuesday well I think there's, there is an event in Trim alright the, the, the FAI, FAI of course launch, are bringing yeah, yeah. their AGM to Trim yeah, yeah, yeah in the summer so there's the launch of that that'll be interesting you'll have no John Delaney at that I suppose this year or, or could you? well why not he's he's still he's still there as a, the executive the, vice president uh, yeah exa- that, that post he created yeah, for himself yeah, yeah. Be interesting. So he's still in that so um, why yeah. not I suppose um, yeah, but look at before we, we go on to those things it's a it's a big day tomorrow for me ladies ga tomorrow yeah. being saturday it's a massive day um as they take on sligo in the national football league division three final we've spoken about this so often that mead are just head and shoulders above every other team in that division and and for them to progress they need to get out of Division 3. So this is their opportunity. This is their opportunity, but they shouldn't be playing this game, Fergal. Ridiculous. You know, you know they shouldn't be playing this game. Well, uh, they should be playing it for a trophy. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. But the promotion should trophy, be yeah. secure. But they, they should be already, because, you know, any team that finishes top of Division after, what, what seven, many games? Yeah, seven, those you know, seven games, seven, games, seven rounds, um, yeah. You know they should they should be automatically. You know, and they're the, they're the top uh, two as well, Mead and Sligo. So the two of them should be promoted. I don't know yeah. why there isn't two up and two down. It's something the ladies really need to have a look at. Maybe they're just wary that there is a huge gap in standard between Division Three and Division Two. I would say so. And yeah. that by bringing up two teams, you're you know you're just going to weaken Division Two by bringing up two teams, and that you're probably going to make it a landslide in Division 3 if you drop two teams out of Division 2 down into Division 3 you could end up with a yo-yo situation but that's unfair to the teams that's very unfair to Mead when you think mm. But, mm. They, were, they were in the final last year uh, lost out to Wexford went on and reached an All-Ireland Intermediate final and then have to go back and prepare for another All-Ireland Intermediate campaign with Division 3 football like, no disrespect to Offaly and Roscommon and Longford and Kildare and Wicklow and Down the teams that Mead played Mead need to be playing against the higher standard of opposition they need to be playing your Tipperary's your Tyrone's your Cavans I'm not even talking about Galway Dublin Cork I'm talking about this mid-level tier that if Mead want to progress to be competitive at inter- intermediate level they need to be playing that second tier of teams on a more regular basis to improve so but their opportunity is there tomorrow Yes, it is. Uh, well, uh, one thing about the, this this current system is that it adds a lot more um, heft and weight to the final. You know, this against Sligo. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a must-win you know, match. It's, it's not just it's not just for a trophy, as I suppose the system we're 
advocating would uh, would, be, yeah. would result in that. But this this has a lot more meaning. And the way they've been playing, you'd have to say that Mead have a very very good chance of uh, progressing. Well, they beat Sligo one thirteen to one three. Um, it was meant to be the first round of the league, but it got snowed off on the same weekend as the Mead lads played Donegal up in Bally Buffet. It got snowed off that weekend, and it was actually played after the Mead Offaly game. Uh, so, but Mead won by 10 points that day but Sligo have improved since then so it won't be easy uh, but you would still expect Mead to be good enough to beat Sligo and uh, also on Monday is the Leinster Minor Final Mead take on Kildare again you talk about silly scenarios uh, we had a situation I, of course as I said earlier on I'm manager of that Mead Minor team uh, working with a couple of great people there Maria Keeley uh, from Dunshocklin and Eamon Murray of course who's the senior manager is a selector with me as well and Siobhan McCarthy from uh, Walterstown is involved with us as well but you had a situation where it's a four team group with the top two teams play each other in the final and as mm. it transpired we played Dublin in the first round and beat them and Kildare played Dublin in the second round and beat them so we ended up playing each other in a nonsense third round game with nothing at stake we were bo- both you- already through to the final and instead, they've gone ahead and allowed, instead of having a look at it and saying, do you know what, that's a nonsense game, let's just play the final. Instead of asking Mead now to go and play with three girls on the senior team, off the minor team, there's three girls on the senior panel, on the senior so team. Playing, so they have to play Saturday and mm-hmm. then turn out then at three o'clock on Monday in a minor final. Yeah. And it's a massive game for Mead ladies. Mead ladies haven't won a minor title we reckon since 2002, I think Maria Keeley believes that she was on the last Mead team to win a minor A title. Like, it's it's unbelievably massive game for Mead. Well, uh, Kildare will be no pushovers. It's going to be tough. You, you think you get Dublin out of the way, but yeah. Kildare there. there. Well, I suppose the fact that they are on the cusp of winning this title um, shows that the, the, the way the ladies' game is developing in Mead and the way it's developing throughout the, the which reflects the, what's developing throughout the country because it has come you know, the game has uh, developed enormously in recent yeah, years. Yeah, and well, Mead have won now under 14A title, under 16A title. Under We're 16. going for the minor A title. The seniors were in the All Ireland Intermediate final last year. Uh, we're also in the Division 3 final and are in the Division 3 final again. So there's plenty to be encouraging about Mead's ladies' football, and hopefully, hopefully. Uh, both yeah, ourselves under, and the seniors will be able to get over the line. The under sixteen won the Leinster under uh, Leinster crown for the first time since two thousand and nine. There, yeah, last uh, weekend. Yeah, yeah, last weekend with goals from Amy O'Dowd and Kira. Amy is a daughter of Mikko, who is a former oh, meat yes, manager. Yes, yes, of course, and and Kira Smith and Anna Wogan. So they won. They beat Dublin three nine to two five. Yeah, you know, great, so again, great, great team as well. So, yeah, so, so plenty of good players you. coming through there. Yeah, so it's it's a. It's another busy weekend, Jimmy, a bank holiday weekend, of course. Um, I'll be in Clonus tomorrow. I'll be in Kinnegad on Monday. I'll be in the office here all day Sunday. You'll be at the FAI AGM. You're and at a big uh, soccer match on Sunday as well. The Northeast Counties are yeah, playing. that's right. They uh, play Cabin. Uh, Cabin Monaghan, the league. The league. Uh, yeah, so. Selection, so. Yeah, so yeah, it's busy, 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 and we have... Uh, previews to do for Mead and Offaly well the, and the countdown has really started to Mead and Offaly uh, Fergal hasn't it you know that's it's going to be I remember oh gosh it's a, it's a while ago now uh, 20 years ago maybe uh, you know Mead and Offaly played in uh, Park Talton 
uh, I think it was Colin O'Rourke's one of his last games for me. Well, he came, on, he came on as a sub in that game. Ninety five. Well, was it? Um, yeah, it'd be around that. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, well, look, I, we can't I, take off. Mead won that day, so I'm looking forward to. Well, in 1997, again, Mead played awfully and Mead were All-Ireland champions and well, we, we know what happened there. <laughs> we got hammered. Yeah. Yeah, well, we had a lot of injuries in and fairness. And in 2000, Mead played awfully in the Leinster Championship and Mead were All-Ireland champions and we know what happened there. Yeah. Oh, awfully yeah. won. So I would certainly wouldn't be taken awfully for granted. But we're going to review or preview all that next week. Uh, I do have an interview with Brian Menton. Uh, I have a few words from Andy McEntee as well that we can use on the podcast next week. I did have a great interview with Donald Keoghan, but uh, when I went to listen to it this morning, for some reason it was muted and the thing didn't record the interview, but Donald did have a lot of very interesting things to say, but unfortunately we'll never know. Jimmy, thanks for joining us, and uh, as usual we sign off with myself and Fergal Lynch with Jimmy Gagan, and we've been trying to talk a good game.